ডিসিশন We'll talk about saving for your retirement, buying a house, your child's education, financial independence, and a lot more. But before we do all of that, the first thing that we need to do is lay the foundation. How do you save? If you're starting out, what are the first steps that you need to take and what are the boxes that you need to tick? If you're investing already, are you going about it the right way? To give you answers to all of those questions, I have with me certified financial planner Harshvardhan Rungta of Rungta Securities. Thanks so much for joining us today Harsh. My pleasure Alex. All right. So we were talking about this just before we started recording and what you were mentioning is that before we get into the principles of saving all of that there's one thing that you need to pay attention to and that's spending. And you're saying that spending is actually the key element here, the missing piece that nobody looks at. Absolutely. So if you're looking at money management Okay, this is different from investment management. That's different from financial planning. The first thing, money management. We all spend money. The most important factor is, do we know how to spend? Right. If we don't know how to spend money, how are we going to be able to manage money? So what you're saying essentially is that before I think about where I want to invest and why I want to invest, I need to figure out what I'm spending on and how much I'm spending? Absolutely. And are you... actually a you know wise spender mm. now i'll give you an example of this movie and mm. it's an old uh, bollywood movie which i recommend that you must see it once okay uh, it's called mala mal mm. and it was uh, featuring nasruddin shah it's an old movie right. now in this movie nasruddin shah is a is a slum dweller okay he comes from a very humble background he's amongst those slum dwellers mm. now suddenly one day he realizes and somebody approaches him and says that you have an uncle who's left 300 crores rupees for what you. who come on I, <laughs> so i wish i had an uncle that just absolutely so uh, this particular uncle of yours has passed away and mm. he's willed 300 mm. crores to you wow okay now there's a condition before that mm. if you have to claim 300 crores mm. you will be given 30 crores first okay now that 30 crores you have to spend entirely in 30 days so that's about 1 crore to be spent in a day now the purpose and the idea behind this mm. is that he should know how to spend money so that when 300 crores come to him he mm. does not really believe that you know that and he spends that entire money at one shot so it's it's kind of like getting uh, you know never having tasted pizza and tasting pizza for the first time and then gorging yourself on pizza right absolutely mm. so the idea is then you see that you, you when you watch the movie you'll see that how he actually tries to spend as much as he can and uh, you know he doesn't land up spending that much mm. and then what he does so that's the movie about the right. whole idea and the purpose is that you should not really you should know how to spend right so how do we how do we put all of that together learnings really from that movie that you're suggesting into somebody say who hasn't started investing or saving mm-hmm. yet so suppose you have a blank slate to work with what advice do you put you give to that person okay so let's just take example of uh, we as parents right. uh, when we are giving pocket money to our children mm. 
the first thing being indian culture and being in our mindsets we are like a savings economy so right. even while we are giving that meager you know, pocket money to our children the mm. first thing before handing it to them we telling them sab uda mat dena you know save some bit of it now imagine walk into the you know step into the shoes of the child we've all been there yeah yeah we've been there so when i'm taking pocket money from my parents okay if i were to take pocket money from my parents mm. i'm saying at first you're not giving me enough yeah okay that's what's going on in my mind <laughs> absolutely and then before you give it to me you're telling me i should save it mm. what you're going to do what are you going to do right you're right. supposed to be saving for me <laughs> exactly this is not my time to think about okay i need to get into it eventually but allow me to spend this money freely the way i want to mm. Okay, the first thing is give your child the liberty hmm. to learn how to spend. Okay. So simple. If you're giving him a few thousand rupees, just allow them to spend, or even a hundred rupees, or two hundred rupees, whatever amount hmm. that you're giving to your child as pocket money, just let him or her have the liberty to spend that money. Okay. What you do initially is just let them do what they're doing with that money. Hmm. Okay. Be hmm. a fence sitter. Do right. not do anything. Hmm. Post a couple of months, so it could be two months or three months that they have done exactly what they felt like. then you sit down with them and you ask them to just note down their expenses mm. okay not stopping them yet okay just ask them that whatever you're spending on fair enough what you've done for the last 3 months no no questions asked right now all i'm asking you to do is just write down wherever you're spending mm. so what they will do is they will start writing that down got let them do this exercise without giving them any guidance or any uh, you know for that matter any uh, opinion then what you do after that is you tell them that now you analyze your expenses could you have saved some kind of money if you wanted to mm. so then they will get into that habit of looking it back into their expenses and changing their spending habits got it so you seem to have some experience uh, having done this you've done this with your son i think absolutely so what i you know take a small example again i mean uh, we go for a movie so mm. if I, if you have a child who's my child is much older now but this is this is an exercise we undertook much earlier mm. so if you if you have a child about 8 or 9 years of age and you're going for a movie mm. in the interval i mean you're going buy you're going to buy some popcorn you're going to buy some food item just hand over 200 rupees or whatever money to your child who's 8 mm. year old mm. so many times you will be thinking like this that maybe he'll just you know lose that money he'll drop it somewhere right so why is that block i mean think of it like that if he, even if he drops it what's your down take the maximum you lose is 200 rupees whatever right. you given to in his, his hands that's the amount that he will lose right but isn't there a bigger lesson the moment he loses that money can you not ask him to be a little responsible next time right okay so what we're trying to say is inculcate that uh, understanding of spending as early as possible but what if we're talking about somebody who say is in their late 20s who's been working for 5 years or so and who hasn't started yet how do they start okay so simple things you know first you will have to again start understanding how to spend wisely right because you cannot simply ask a person if somebody comes to me for advice as financial planners i mean we people come to us saying that i'm not able to save right So fine then we start drawing we start putting it down their throat saying that no you must save 20% of your income that's exactly his problem he's mm. come to me saying that i'm not able to save right and then i'm telling him something that he's unable to do so in any case so it's counterproductive yeah it's counterproductive so what we do is we encourage him to start spending wisely right. so initial uh, you know the tracking is only saying budgeting of course yeah okay we we give them a tool which we called envelope budgeting okay okay that envelope budgeting is a very simple exercise mm. to say Why don't you just note down whatever your discretionary expenses are, whatever your mandatory expenses such as rent, utilities? There's not much you can do about yeah, that. Yeah, you that anyway gets transferred at the yeah. start of the month, right? So what you do is all your discretionary expenses which you have control on, so such as your dining, uh, your holidaying, your mm. movie outings, right. etc. Clothes, shopping, all shopping, of that. Mm. shopping. A bigger, biggest component. What you do is you simply make envelopes. 
Right. Okay, at the beginning of the month, say you put 5,000 rupees in a dining envelope, right. you put 5,000 in your shopping envelope, right. you put 5,000 in your outings, movie outings and etc. Right. And uh, so every time that you're going out dining, you have to dip into that particular envelope. Okay. And the moment you're exhausted of that 5,000 rupees... You can't touch any of the other envelopes. You cannot touch any of the other envelopes. Right. So if you've not shopped in that particular month, fine, that's your savings. Right. But your dining budget was only 5,000 in that month. The moment you're exhausted with that envelope, you cannot go out dining very clearly. Okay. So, so it's instilling this idea of putting limits to your spending. Absolutely. And there's another envelope that you need to create. It's a credit card envelope. Right. So in case you've gone out somewhere and there was an offer on your credit card, you, you've chosen to swipe your card. Right. And it is for dining, for example. Then you remove money out of the dining envelope and you put it in your credit card envelope. Okay. So every time you swipe, you don't need to necessarily wait for the bill to come to you right. at the end of the cycle, building cycle. What you need to do is put that money in that credit card envelope. So okay. every time you swipe, equivalent amount needs to go into the credit card envelope. All right. So we've spoken about the envelope uh, method of really apportioning expenses. There are some other methods that people have suggested, keeping three accounts, having one for your salary, one for your expenses, one for your investments. I think there are multiple methods out there, but the principle really is to be aware of how much you're spending and to, after a period of time, just start making notes about what you're spending on, right? What do you do after? So uh, after you've started making a note of wherever you're spending, now this exercise need not be only for a college student, it could be even for a person who's about to retire. So just note down your expenses. Now after you do this, then you have to start identifying that there are certain areas which make you vulnerable. For okay. example, you need to have contingency fund. Okay. So if anything were to go wrong, hmm. okay, there is a financial emergency, there's an electronic, uh, you know, some electronic gadgets in your house have broken down. Right. Or you need to change furniture. There has right. been a national calamity because of your car has been damaged or your furniture has been damaged. There could be any kind of a contingency. You need to have some money available with you. Okay. Which can be used and which can be accessed to immediately. All right. So I've heard this a lot from financial planners, right? They say that you identify how much you're earning, how much your expenses are, and then a multiple of your expenses per month is what you keep in your contingencies, right? I've heard six months being talked about. Is that uh, realistic? So, well, uh, but theoretically speaking, yes. Hmm. I mean, you need to have six months of your expenses available to you at call. So anytime that you wish, you can break into it. Hmm. The question really arises is that if you're going to actually put the math in place, Work out like this. If a person is earning 50,000 rupees a month, mm. and that is all, almost about the expenses that he incurs. Now, if he has to create a 3 lakh rupees corpus, which is a six months contingency fund. Mm. So if you're earning 50,000 rupees, I'm saying your savings rate in any lifestyle would be about 20%. Right. So you save about... That's a, what you aspire to. That's what you aspire to do. Yeah. So 20% of your income, if you're saving, that is 10,000 rupees a month. Mm. It takes you 30 months mm. To accumulate 3 lakh rupees. So nearly 3 years it takes you to accumulate 3 lakh rupees. How is it possible? And if 3 years, if 2.5 to 3 years is what you're spending on just accumulating contingency fund, when are you going to plan for other things in life? Okay, so that's a fair point. So ideally, in a realistic sense, how much does somebody set aside? So uh, you should target to have about at least 2 months uh, money available with you. Mm -hmm. And if you have the resources to accumulate 6 months, yes, go for it. Okay. But in, in, invariably in common man's life, we would not have this kind of a, you know, liberty mm -hmm. or the luxury to have 6 months of our expenses available to us at call. Alright, so 2 months of expenses, where do you put it? Yeah, so the investment, now, now it's about putting it somewhere where mm -hmm. you can call 
for it at at your discretion mm-hmm. and it should be available to you over a period of say probably one day right so either you could leave it in your bank account which is not really a wise thing to do okay. but we're talking about an absolute layman because you you could you could end up spending it absolutely anyway. so what you do is you create a fixed deposit mm-hmm. in the same bank mm-hmm. in which you have your bank account mm-hmm. so that's a simpler thing to do for somebody who's uh, you know completely averse to financial planning and financial products mm-hmm. otherwise other of course we have liquid funds we have all right. this is what i hear all the time you should ideally have a liquid fund yeah but then you know now come back to practical points when talking to somebody who's uh, in a tier 2 city and he's uh, you know really you know not uh, you know well versed with financial products to get him to invest in a liquid fund i mean may put him off what you could simply do is just put in the same way you know, and create a fixed deposit to the same bank in which you have money okay and more importantly from a contingency point of view i mean just make sure you have credit cards okay okay all right so we've got contingencies out of the way what else do you have to bear in mind very quickly okay so to begin with okay just make sure that you have adequate and all the right kind of insurance policies okay now this has to happen even if you do not have money left for investments mm. so we keep hearing this always saying that you know delay expenses but do not delay investments right we'll take this one step further delay investments if the need be but do not delay insurance okay so insurance is absolutely key you need life insurance you need health cover what else do you yeah. need so there are four kind of policies that you need to be careful about and you need to have it in your portfolio one is a life insurance in the form of a term plan yeah you need to have disability insurance hmm. a disability insurance due to accident disability uh, because of accident and disability due to illness hmm. and then you need to have a medical all right just a small point to our listeners we are going to get into all of this in a lot more detail whether you should take a term plan or something else why you need a health insurance how much do you need to cover for this is essentially just a primer about what are the different steps that you need to take to set your financial life right all right but beyond that there's then of course identifying what your goals are right and then investing accordingly absolutely so having understood how to spend money wisely then having understood how to budget it how to have a contingency fund with the right kind of insurances then the step comes in actually saving and investing that money mm. for certain responsibilities in your life or certain aspirations that you may have which are your goals and these obviously depend on the context that each person is in absolutely it, it depends on the stage of life that you are at it depends on who your dependents are what you want to do really if you want to buy a house or otherwise we're going to talk about all of that and specifically on goal based investing and its merits in one of the podcasts that we're going to do just a short while from now but thank you so much harsh for joining us on this conversation and really giving us a, a bit of a primer as to how to start living a better financial life thank you alex it was my pleasure always and to all of our listeners out there thank you so much for joining us on this first edition of bq big decisions there's a lot more coming up on bloomberg quint so do stay tuned this is alex matthew signing off have a lovely day your big decisions the bloomberg quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices advertising is dead yep you heard me right advertising is dead we're all in the content business now let's not call it news tv radio etc etc it's all content and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet we're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now but rather the wider stuff about advertising media content and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it tune in every tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising 
I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch, and this is my new podcast, Advertising is Dead. Janice, what do you think couples did before TV was invented? I don't know, go for walks on the beach, long drives, fancy dinners, have more sex maybe? But what did we do when we decided to move in together? We debated between the Chromecast and the Fire Stick. We gave up on sleeping early so we could stay up watching true crime shows. We got ourselves three cat babies. And basically became the cutest couch potatoes around. Okay then. <laughs> In case you guys still haven't got it, we are a TV crazy, Netflix loving, binge watching Mr. and Mrs. I'm Anirudh Kuha. I'm Janice Sequeira. And if like us, you snort TV for breakfast, lunch and dinner, this is the podcast for you. Tune in every Thursday on the IVM podcast app or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. This is Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch. Binge Watch.